A few summers ago, tour guide Paul Johansson invited me to go sailing with him from Oslo all the way to Copenhagen. But some of us were just too busy to enjoy such an outing back then. So my son Andy joined him instead for what he later told me was the time of his life. Paul's with us now to tell me what I missed out on. Paul, thanks for joining us. Tak, yeah, and the ship ahoy. A ship ahoy. <laughs> yeah. How would you say that in Norwegian? Well, it's actually ship ahoy. You say ship ahoy. Ship ahoy or en flaske akvit. And what Sh- is that? Ship ahoy and a bottle of akvit. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Now, uh, you were sailing from Copenhagen to Oslo. Mm-hmm. How long is that? How many days does it take to sail that? So we used uh, about six days uh, from from Copenhagen up to up to Oslo, so, um, and then following the mostly the the coast of Sweden. So mostly you're you're enjoying the coast of Sweden. Yeah, yeah. It's more you can go straight up if you like uh, and see nothing more than ocean, but it's more interesting to follow the coastline yeah. and visiting all these small uh, communities that you have uh, along the Swedish uh, coast. So what are some of the experiences you'd have sailing up the coast in a? How, how big was your boat? My boat is uh, 33 foot. Uh, it's uh, Swedish. Uh-huh. It's the only Swedish thing I trust. <laughs> it's a good boat, actually. Yeah. Um, it, it's a sailboat and um, has a small engine as well. But uh, So there's small towns. Are there marinas where you can tie up and yeah. use a shower and, yeah. and go shopping and have a coffee and a beer? and. A lot of Scandinavians sail, so the marinas are very well developed. So um, you come to a marina, you moor your boat. Mm-hmm. There will be an be an um, like an automat, like how you say um, a machine, a machine, yeah. a machine where you can just punch in the size of your boat, ah. and it accepts credit cards. You pay by the meter. <laughs> yeah, you pay by the meter. One night, ten meters. You One pay night, so ten much. meters. You pay so much. It gives you a code to the to the toilets, Wi-Fi password, and it gives you prints out the sticker that you just stick on your boat. Now that sounds great. Are you a member of a yacht club in Norway? I am actually a member of the of the Royal Norwegian Yacht Club. The Royal it sounds Is quite. The, fancy. Are there royals in it also? The royals are in it. They're sailors. So conceivably, you could be out sailing next to the the prince or the king. Oh yeah, yeah. So you you you're going up the coast of Stockholm. You're stopping at little towns. Uh, are there national parks, uh, places where you really uh, pay attention to the nature, or is it just all quite nice? Yeah, it's it's all quite nice actually. It's uh, a lot of small um, small islands and uh, like these small kind of fjords that you go through, small canals, a lot of small like wooden houses in, in different colors, and it's really beautiful, really scenic. So. When you're sailing up here, do you find it's an international crowd? Is there some sort of a community conviviality in the marinas where you've got Germans and Danes and mm-hmm. Norwegians? Or, or what's the social scene for somebody who's in a yacht club and out uh, having a vacation? People always help each other out. That's my experience from, from yachting in, uh, in Scandinavia. That they're, they're, If you come to a new harbor, if someone's at the docks and they see you come, they will always come and, and, and offer you a hand to, to tie the ropes or anything. So it's uh, that's a good atmosphere. That's a very nice atmosphere. We have yeah. that same thing here in the United States, of mm-hmm. course, when we're sailing. And as you're uh, enjoying the coast of uh, Sweden, what sort of recreation is there? Are people swimming? Is there fishing? Did you catch any fish? Oh, yeah. People are are swimming and uh, they're fishing. You can, uh, you can catch a lot of codfish. Um, in the summer, there's a lot of mackerel. Hmm. A lot of mackerel. You can actually plan on eating the harvest of the sea as you sail? If you're a good fisherman, yes. Or you might go hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it's more uh, more uh, flatbread. And yeah, that's flatbread and brown cheese, yeah. <laughs> so before your trip, you're going off on a one-week trip. Uh, how do you outfit the boat? What sort of um, provisions do you stock? 
Well, I stock up with a lot of uh, porridge mm-hmm. because that's uh, that's usually what we have for breakfast. Is because, that right? Yeah, porridge. porridge. Yeah. Oh, like oat porridge. It's um, oatmeal. Oatmeal porridge. It's very fast to make. It's very nu- nutritious uh, right. as well, and it's warm. Yeah, so, that's kind of nice. So it's kind of the perfect meal. And then for lunch, you have some open-faced um, sandwiches. And um, for dinner, yeah, fish, <laughs> hopefully. Fish and porridge. <laughs> fish and porridge. <laughs> Depends. Now, my memory of boating with my parents up in the San Juan Islands here is uh, enjoying the sunset. And mm. there's a sort of a quietness as the sun's going down. And, and people have their happy hour and there's little munchies and some hard liquor and uh, yeah. enjoying that. What's the scene and what's the happy hour scene? Have in you Hawaii? heard about the, the, anchor, the anchor drink? No. No. So that's, that's a term. That's a kind of a sailor's term that uh, as soon as you throw the anchor, you have a drink. An anchor drink. Yeah. So I we like call that. it an anchor drink. So what drink, what do you serve your crew on a, that's for an anchor an, drink? An Akovit. An Akovit. Yeah. And that really starts the evening where the work's done and now you're going to just be mellow. Just relax and, and, you know, talk. Because actually when you're sailing, you're kind of focused on sailing and navigating safely. So then in the evening, that's that's when you really socialize. My son said you were very relaxed and laid back, except if you had to run to get some uh, snuff tobacco. <laughs> some snuff tobacco, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he had to run with me one time. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, tell me about the snuff tobacco in Norway, because you can't smoke in public really in Norway, can you? Uh, no, not really. So we has, have this thing we call snus, and um, I, I only use it when I sail. Mm. I just think it's nice to have a little snus under my lip. Um, oh, so it's not, you're not, no, it's, it's chewing tobacco then. It's not chewing. You just put it under your lip. In and a little it, and packet. In a little little packet in your yeah. upper lip. And this is something you can find in Sweden and Norway. Okay. Uh, it's it's not uh, legal in the, in the European Union. But in Sweden, they got an exception. It's not legal they, in the European no, Union? Why Sw- not? Sweden would not have entered the European Union if they hadn't given them that uh, exception. It's that important. It's that important. And it's called snus. <laughs> snus. You know, I noticed after the uh, all of the changes in hygiene and modern, uh, you know, Europe getting together, I used to see cigarette butts in mm-hmm. the urinals. And yeah. I don't see that anymore. I see these little packets of Those snus. little pouches, yeah. Little pouches. Yeah. So yeah. people still get their tobacco, but they can't smoke yeah. indoors. Exactly. I think people smoke outside and it's cold, so bars will even provide a blanket and a heater. A blanket and a heater. Yeah, you see people outside in December, January. In the winter in Austria. In the winter. They got to have their cigarettes. It's totally normal. But not inside. This Mm -hmm. is Travel with Rick Steves. I'm talking with Paul Johansson from Oslo. He's a member of the Royal Norwegian Yacht Club. Uh, Yes, exactly. What perks comes with that when you're a member of that? Oh, there is actually a perk. You can can have the the royal flag on your boat, which is uh, like the Norwegian flag. But in the middle, you have the symbol of the king. So, so whenever I'm sailing around in the Oslo Fjord, everybody can see that I belong to that uh, harbor. So that's sort of a top-end uh, uh, sailor. Yeah, I guess you can say that. <laughs> is, is there a, a waiting list to get into the yacht club? Um, yeah, there's a limited number of berths. So, so some years there's a list to yeah. get in. Yeah. Now, when you are sailing, if you know how to sail in the United States, mm-hmm. would, would the same international uh, rules and the, the symbols of the colors of the buoys and so on, is it all the same? Yeah, pretty much the same. So um, if you know the buoys, if you know the colors and, and all this, you can come sail in Scandinavia as well. And then when you finally finished your trip and you're coming into Oslo, mm-hmm. you happened to arrive on Liberation Day, didn't you? We did. And this was so interesting because we had a, a German on the boat. And, uh, and as we were sailing up the Oslo Fjord, we sailed uh, past the Oskarsborg uh, Fortress, 
which were, was where they sunk um, the first ship that, that the Germans came deal. with. That was a big deal. The yeah. Norwegians, yeah. That, with a, such a small military, sunk a Nazi yeah. warship. The Blüchow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he and I, you know, while, while Andy was back there steering the ship. So wait a second. You, so you crewed the boat in Copenhagen and you assembled a crew. Yeah. My son, the American, the German. The German and, uh, and a colleague of your son. Okay. Uh, a Norwegian girl, actually. I, I, okay. Yeah. And how did you, did you just send out an email saying, I'm heading out, or did you have a... Yeah, well, I posted on, on Facebook. And um, this German guy, I met him in, when I was traveling in Morocco. Okay. So, and then the, the context is the Germans occupied Norway in, yeah. in your grandfather's day, you know, mm-hmm. for like four or five years. Yeah. Okay, so you're with this German sailing to Oslo. Mm-hmm. You come to the place where the famous sinking of the Blucher. Yeah. And then you come into Oslo on the day Norwegians were liberated from the Germans. Yes. And you've got a German on your boat. I got a German on my boat, and I, I hoisted up the Norwegian flag, an extra flag. And in respect of my German friend, I also had the German flag. So we had both the German and the Norwegian flag up. And we were giving each other a hug of peace as we were oh, sailing that's, in. <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. And that would it have was. been, what, 60, 70 years yeah. after yeah. that great day. And the fun thing, his grandfather of my German friend, he was in the, um, the German um, Navy. So he was actually stationed in Norway during the Second World War. <laughs> and then as you came into Oslo with mm-hmm. your German friend who has that amazing story, how does Oslo celebrate and what did you see from the boat Liberation Day? Oh, there were... There were a lot of flags everywhere. Um, Norwegians are great at flying their flag. They are, you know, especially on that day. The thing is that um, when when the liberation came, it was only one week until the 17th of May, the national day. So, and it kind of took a week to, to put everything together. And that's why the national day is such a big celebration. Oh, it's okay. kind of got a... A double push. A double push, yeah. A double push. So, so we, we celebrate the national day much more than we cele- celebrate the, the liberation okay. day. So May 17, of course, is mm-hmm. Norway's Bastille Day or 4th of July or whatever. Every yeah. country's got yeah. one of these. Yeah. And you happen to get double the celebration because May 17 goes back to what happened on May 17. Uh, that's our constitutional day. So, Consti- that, so well, that, As you got your independence from... From the Danes. From the Danes. Yeah, so oh, okay. the Danes, they think this is a bit funny that we're celebrating. <laughs> <You know? laughs> okay, you got, you got freedom from the Danes, yeah. freedom from the Germans, and May 17, yeah. and you sailed in. Paul Johansson, thank you so much for taking us on a little cruise. Oh, you're welcome. Copenhagen and uh, Rick, you're welcome to come sail whenever you want. I want to do that very much. Tusentak, Paul. Pashigul. Hey, I'm Rick Steves. In my latest book, For the Love of Europe, you can savor Europe's most exciting experiences and sights through a hundred of my favorite travel stories. Imagine hanging from an alpine ridge, dancing at a Turkish circumcision party, and swinging with a bell ringer in a medieval church spire. You can order your copy of For the Love of Europe at ricksteves.com.